Welcome to this edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is Consumer Protections Commissioner Michelle Siegel. Commissioner Siegel, welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you doing? Welcome, Commissioner. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you doing? Can you hear me? And Commissioner, I'm wondering if you can tell us tell us a little bit about the department and exactly what you guys do. Well, the Department of Consumer Protection uh, keeps very busy. So our overarching goal is to really create a fair marketplace for businesses and consumers. And we do that in a variety of different ways and by regulating a number of different markets. So one of the markets we regulate um, is through our liquor control division. Um, so they regulate all people, all businesses that are involved in the liquor industry. So this is um, the distributors, the manufacturers, and then of course also the locations, the package stores, the restaurants, the bars where people buy their drinks. Um, we also regulate the pharmaceutical marketplace. We have a drug control division and they regulate the pharmacies and pharmacists in the state. In addition, uh, they are involved in Connecticut's medical marijuana program. So that's been around for a number of years now and it's regulated through the Department of Consumer Protection's Drug Control Division. And right now it's helping probably over 40,000 patients in the state. Another important area that um, we regulate is through our gaming division. We regulate um, the different forms of legal gaming in the state. So this includes the lottery, it includes um, we, we have a role in the slot machines at the casinos, and we have um, a role with off-track betting. And so that's another big piece of what we do. Other areas we regulate include um, foods and standards. And so food uh, is what it sounds like. We, we will license places like bakeries. We're also in grocery stores or other restaurants to make sure they're following safe law, the laws to protect the food supply. And our standards division um, keeps track of weights and measures in the state so that you can feel confident whether it's a gallon of gasoline that you're buying is in fact a gallon and that other um, weighing devices in the state, uh, which show up in a lot of different places are, are accurate and are treating you fairly. Another big area that um, it, DCP is involved in is we do a lot of licensing. And so we license a number of different businesses and a number of different occupations and professions. There's certainly the ones we talked about. We license anybody who's involved in the pharmaceutical industry or in the liquor industry. We, we um, give out uh, liquor permits, for example, for restaurants, for other places serving liquor. Um, pharmacists are licensed by us, but we do a, a bunch of other licensing as well. So a number of different occupations, accountants, uh, real estate, uh, Salespeople, for example, are all licensed by us, in addition to um, engineers, architects, plumbers, electricians. Uh, there's, there's a whole host. Over 200,000 people or businesses have uh, some sort of license or permit or registration from the Department of Consumer Protection. Um, another important role for us, of course, is not just regulating the businesses, but it's the consumer side. And we do a lot there to. Um, make sure that consumers are being treated fairly in the marketplace. So certainly through our regulations and our licensing, we make sure that the businesses are all acting properly. And that's a really important part of protecting consumers. 
but we also do investigations. So if we get a complaint because someone was treated unfairly by a business, we will investigate that and kind of look in and to, to the situation to see, is, does the consumer have a point? Does the business owe them money or needs to fix the problem? Um, we do that both in the areas where we regulate. So if somebody comes to us, home improvement contractors is another example of an area that um, uh, we regulate and we give out registrations. So if we get a complaint because somebody's home improvement work um, was not done properly, we would investigate it. And we have a complaint center that gets um, thousands of calls, emails, um, and now chat messages every year and, and helps consumers and tries to resolve those issues. So um, that's in, in a nutshell, a lot of the stuff that we're doing at the Department of Consumer Protection. I know it was a mouthful. That's okay, that's okay. You guys are actually a very busy organization. Yeah, yeah, we, we keep very busy because um, we touch on so much of, of what's going on out in the marketplace and we have some general just unfair trade practice authority. So we also just take complaints um, based on that. So certainly during the pandemic, um, a number of people were concerned about price gouging or had concerns that contracts they had maybe with a, a health club or, or someone else wasn't being honored. And how long have you been commissioner? Uh, probably about three years. And before before that, I was the deputy commissioner. So I've been with the agency for over nine years now. Wow. I'm sorry, what was that? Do you like it? Oh, yeah. It, it's yeah. a terrific agency. Um, we have a great team there. Um, a lot of really smart, hardworking people. So that's uh, terrific to work with so many dedicated people. And then just the work we do is really important. And we know we're making a difference. Um, whether it's the thousands of complaints we help mediate, um, the, you know, the medical marijuana patients, or making sure we're, you know, businesses aren't serving intoxicated or underage uh, people, ensuring integrity of gaming, just across the board, we're doing a lot just to help keep people safe. And, and that makes it really meaningful to just be able to go into work do that every day with a, a great team of people. Absolutely. Now, how has the agency adapted since the pandemic? Well, it's it's been quite an adjustment. Unfortunately, we were already working hard to move a lot of our work online. And so this certainly expedited that. So um, almost any license you would need with the department, you can get online and certainly any renewal. So that's been a big piece of, of what we do. And we've really accelerated that and, and made even more and more services available online. So even normal transactions you may want to do with the agency. If you have a license and need to change your address, for example, that's something you can do. Um, so we've been working on that. We've also um, adjusted by making more, creating new ways for people to interact with us virtually. So for example, um, Shortly before the pandemic, we began experimenting with and we've really expanded the use of a chat function. So rather than calling the agency or even trying to, to stop in and talk to someone, you can go online and chat with us, whether it's our complaint center or one of our other divisions. Um, so that's uh, you know a couple of the things we've been doing, but a, a big piece of it is just making a lot of our functions so that all these people who, who need to get a license or need to make changes to their license can do it um, 24 hours a day from the safety of their home. Now we, now when we first began the program, there was a little bit of technical difficulty, but we're gonna, so I'm gonna ask the first question again. So for people that don't know, what is the 
Department of Consumer Protect. What does the Department of Consumer Protection do? Well, I, I won't hmm. repeat the whole answer in case that's uh, okay. People, um, but we, we overall we uh, create a safe and fair marketplace, um, and and that's our overarching mission. Is we want both consumers and businesses to have a, a safe, fair place where they can interact and conduct business. Because what's best for consumers is really being able to have confidence that they can go out into the market, buy the goods and services they need, and uh, feel confident in doing that. And that's also best for our businesses as well. So there's a lot of rules around how different businesses need to behave. There's a number of licenses um, that we issue to make sure people who are doing certain work, like electricians, plumbers, engineers, um, have the, the training and the competency to do that work. So people can um, trust that when they hire you know, a licensed uh, person to come do work at their house or at their business, that that person um, is, is competent to do that. Now, what type of now, how, how is the, well, we talked about how the agency adapted during the pandemic. What kind of COVID-19 related scams does the department deal with? Well, there's been a number as the uh, kind of pandemic has, has dragged on. So, you know, early on we were dealing with um, price gouging was a big source of complaints we were receiving. So um, we were talking a lot about that. But more recently, we're really worried about, and unfortunately what scammers do is they take advantage of current events and they will, um, whatever's on people's minds. So we've heard about, uh, for example, fake testing sites that have sprung up around the state. And we've been uh, trying to deal with that because it is important. We want people getting tested. It's important for the state's mission of controlling this pandemic. But you need people to know that it's a legitimate uh, site that they're going for. We want to make sure people know things like, um, you know, a legitimate site's not going to ask you for things like uh, your birth date or social security number, that sort of thing. Um, another one is contact tracing. Again, we really want to encourage people to cooperate with um, contact tracing efforts because that's, again, how we help control the pandemic. But unfortunately, some scammers are taking advantage of that. And so we want to remind people, you know, a legitimate contract contact tracer, they're not gonna ask you for money. They're not gonna ask you uh, for your social security number. Those types of things are red flags that you're not dealing with um, a legitimate person because especially money, you shouldn't be paying to, to cooperate in these efforts. Um, and now with the vaccine coming out, um, we wanna make sure people you know, get vaccinated when it's their turn and, and um, you know, whatever category they're in is up for a vaccine, but at the same time, People should know, again, you can't pay to get yourself on a priority list. So there's things like that where you may have scammers out there offering give people special access or special consideration for money. And those are scams. That's not how the state is doing this. Um, so those are some of the, uh, the, the big ones we're hearing about. And then there's some of the, the typical ones. So charity scams um, are are something to always be on the lookout for, especially now around the holidays or when there's a lot of people yeah. soliciting money to help because of COVID. Um, in addition, work from home scams are something to, to be cognizant of um, just with so many people either out of work or having reduced hours, um, those can certainly proliferate. Now, what is a work from home scam? So um, an example of that, that's where somebody sort of 
promises you a job, but you have to pay them money up front. So maybe you have to, you know, pay to get certain materials. You have to do, do things along those lines. So you should always be careful when you're kind of being handed this or guaranteed a job, but you have to pay them money first. So that's a, a big red flag. Um, but for everything, whether it's a work from home um, opportunity, a, a charity, we always encourage do your homework online. So, so look up, you know, the business that's offering to hire you or look up, um, you know, the charity that solicited you or the business you're thinking of working with and see if there's complaints against, against them. Or you could maybe even look up their name with the word scam and see if you get any hits. And that will be an indication of what other people's experience has been. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, so we always encourage people, you know, you, you can do a lot of research on your own and you always kind of, in a lot of these scams, they're tricking you out of money, they're tricking you out of information, but you control that. So um, take a little time if you want to give to a charity, do some research, find the charity that supports the cause you believe in and where you kind of, your research indicates they're they're using their money responsibly, and then you can make a donation directly to them. Um, you never want to feel pressured because somebody called you or sent you an email that you have to give money right away. Um, unfortunately, the the needs out there are are ongoing, so there's always opportunities to do that. Um, likewise, if you want to work with a business, um, there's lots of businesses out there. You're better off taking a day or two, doing some research, getting referrals, calling around, making sure you're working with somebody who you can have total confidence in and not just somebody who may be knocked on your door. Exactly. Now, how can somebody know if something is a scam? So there's a couple of really common elements to every scam. And if and that's why it's, it's really important, so that's a great question, to know the, the key elements to scam. And those are one, the person will be reaching out to you. So that's already, you need to be on guard when the initial contact, you didn't initiate. Um, so, so that's the first thing. And they may call you, they may email you. Um, it may be a pop-up in Facebook or on your computer or some other social media. It, it could be somebody knocking on your door. Um, but the point is you didn't initiate the contact. The second thing is they're of course gonna pretend to be legitimate. They're going to claim to be from the IRS, from your utility company, your bank, someone who you would have reason to trust. But you have to remember, you don't know who they are other than taking their word for it. And that's where you want to be cautious. It's not like you called your bank and looked at the number on your bill and know you're reaching the right person. Um, you're in a situation where they've reached out to you. So um, it's, it's really important to verify that they are who they say they are. And so if you are concerned, you can certainly hear what they have to say, but then hang up and do your research. So, you know, a common one is often these utility scams. And this is where somebody will call up and claim you're overdue on your, you know, electric bill, and they're going to be shutting off power in the next hour unless you call up and give them money right away. Um, well, that's not, that's not just not how you, the utility companies work. So call your real utility company, look at your bill, see what the legitimate number is or go online to find it and see, are you actually behind in, in your payments? So, so that's the second thing is you don't know who the person is who's reached out to you. Uh, the third thing to look out for is you're gonna be pressured to act quickly, pressured to not think about it, not do this research, not talk to friends and family. And they'll do that in one of two ways. Sometimes like the utility scams, they'll threaten that something really bad is gonna happen. 
power will be shut off or the IRS scam, they threaten you that you're gonna be arrested if you don't follow their instructions, or they'll threaten that you're gonna miss out on a great opportunity. Um, you know, you've just won the lottery, but you know, first you have to pay some upfront taxes. And if you don't do it right away, they're giving your winnings to somebody else. So that's, that's the next sort of sign of a scam. And then finally, it's, um, you need to be really suspicious if somebody insists that you pay in a way where you can't track your money and get it back. You know, a lot of them, they'll ask you to go get a prepaid gift card and then read the number on the back of it. Well, once you've done that, it's the same as just handing somebody cash. There's really no way to undo that transaction. Now, as far as scammers go, are they actually, tar are, they, are they targeting specific groups of people? They're actually not um, as much as people think. I know there's generally a sense that, you know, people, if you're, if you're older, you're maybe more vulnerable, but actually they, they can target everybody. Now, it may be different types of scams target different populations, but really nobody should feel that because of their age or because of their gender or their education level um, that they're safe. There are wide variety of scams and they'll target anybody. And in particular, if you have fallen for one, you know, you certainly need to report it and take steps to minimize the damage. So if you gave, you know, out your credit card number and you realize a few hours later that, oh God, this was probably a scam, I've made a mistake, well, cancel that card. Or if it was your bank account, call your bank, um, make sure they're on the alert so that uh, you don't do more damage. Um, but also then be even more aware. Often once somebody feels like they've tricked you once, they may come back again and again, or their you know, other scammers, word will get out that um, you know, they got money from you, so they'll try to do that as well. But um, about uh, one in 10 adults in any given year uh, falls victim to a scam. So certainly um, don't be embarrassed about it and take some steps to, to minimize the damage um, and, and move on. Now, as far as what can people do if they're they're a victim of a scam? Um, so a number of things. Um, one again, you know, you want to minimize the damage. So if what you've done is given out personal information or bank account information, you're going to want to cancel those accounts or put a freeze on those accounts um, so that more they can't, you know, take away more from you. Um, let local law enforcement know this is a crime for somebody to steal your money or steal your identity that way. You'll want to have that police report on record as well to kind of correct things. In addition, um, you should keep an eye on your uh, credit report. You can get um, one free from each of the three credit reporting agencies any every year. And so sort of make a habit of checking those. Um, and if you see some unusual purchases or if your credit score suddenly has dropped significantly, you need to be aware, has somebody opened an account in your name or tried to make a purchase in your name? And so those are good habits to get into. And of course, you can let us know. Um, you can file a complaint with us at dcp.complaints at cd.gov. And what's that email? What's that address one more time? It's dcp, as in Department mm -hmm. of Consumer Protection, dot complaints at ct.gov. And as far as the, what can people do if they are victims of a scam? 
and what should they do if they're not victims but become aware of a scam? Okay, so certainly if you're a victim, again, don't be embarrassed. It happens to the best of people and, and take the steps you need to, to protect your accounts and identity. Um, let law enforcement know. But sometimes, you know, hopefully you, you take this advice and um, you're not victimized, but you're worried. You can tell based on the call or the email you got that this person is probably targeting a lot of people and you wanna protect your friends, your neighbors. Um, so certainly, you know, it's good for people to talk about it. Often just hearing from their peers makes people more aware, but also, you know, let us know. Um, you can email us again at ccp.complaints at ct.gov. And you can certainly let, you know, in the email sort of say, I'm not filing a complaint, but you should be aware this is happening. Um, you can tell the Better Business Bureau as well. They do a nice job of tracking these. And what we do is collectively, if we're starting to see a pattern, you know, we're, we've got a number of people reporting a certain scam, particularly if it's targeting, you know, certain areas in Connecticut or certain populations, we'll sometimes put out a release and, um, you know, put out a press release to warn people, hey, be on the lookout for this. This is something that's happening out there. Now, as far as, as, far as the department goes, let's talk, let's go back to the let's we have a little bit more time left let's talk about the what kind of COVID-19 related scams has the Department of Consumer Protection aware of what are they monitoring right now um so the big ones you know that we really want to keep an eye out now with the vaccine rolling out are scams related to that and so we want to we want you know want to encourage people when it's your turn you should certainly plan to get vaccinated but um, be careful if somebody's, you know, asking you for money and promising to get you on a priority list um, if you pay them a certain amount. That's just not how the state's doing it, where the state's prioritizing it and you can't pay to, to skip the line. So that's certainly something to, to be aware of. Um, you also shouldn't be providing uh, personal information like that. And, you know, maybe when you get in for your appointment, they'll they'll have some specific questions that are normal in a healthcare appointment, but certainly like over the phone, somebody promising you something, you shouldn't be giving them uh, money or certainly things like a bank account information, um, that sort of stuff. Uh, we're also wanna keep an eye out. There's still a lot of testing going on and contact tracing, and those are really important. We want people cooperating in those efforts, getting the test, working with contact tracers, but just be aware again, they're not gonna ask you for social security numbers. They're not gonna ask you for money. And so you need to be careful if that's happening. And you can actually call 211 if you want to kind of or, or visit United Way website or the, the state has a great website, ct.coronavirus. Um, um, I think it's coronavirus.ct.gov. But um, if you go there, you can um, get a lot of good information, accurate information about what's going on um, in the state. And you can also find where legitimate testing sites are. Obviously, and people if people think you've got it, you also want to go go out and get tested as well. Um, yeah, certainly we want to encourage people to everybody, you know, do your part, whether it's you know, try to avoid going out in public if you can, wear your mask, keep your distance. But if you think you you're positive, you know, we want you to do what you can to cooperate with the contact tracers to protect other people's get um, and start quarantining yourself and do what you need to do to keep yourself and your community safe. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And Michelle, Commissioner Siegel, we've got a little bit more time left, but before we say goodnight, what's the website for the department? One more time. Oh, it's um, seat, it's um, CT, it's DCP, it's yeah. well, CT.gov slash DCP. Okay. Commissioner Michelle Siegel from the Department of Consumer Protection, thanks for coming down. We'll see you again soon. All right. Thank you for having All me. Right. Thank Good you. Night. On behalf of Michelle Siegel, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night, and we'll see you next time.